Oh man, when we get to season two, there's an episode I love so much that I really want to talk about. Remember Junkie Business? I know we're just already talking about King of the Hill. Which one? No, we weren't supposed to yet. It's the one where Hank accidentally hires a drug addict to work at Strickland. And uh, he 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 foregoes a very talented uh, and knowledgeable woman because he's worried that he's too attracted to her. No, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, I think I and then he hires, remember this. And then he hires this guy because he like seems like a, he just seems like a seems like a guy's guy. He got along with him, mm. even though <laughs> my favorite quote. Oh, man, we're just talking about King of the Hill season two before, in the cold open of our King the, of the Hill season, the season one. one yeah. But one of the, the things he says that wins Hank over is he goes next to God, family and country. My favorite thing in life is propane and propane paraphernalia. <laughs> it says paraphernalia instead of accessories, which is so good. Um, but man, one of my favorite performances is that character. It's so good. Anyways, King of the Hills, great. We're going to be talking about it a lot today. What should we talk yeah. about for this cold open conversation? Bob's Burgers? Yeah, they're putting Bob's Burgers on Hulu and HBO yeah. Max, apparently. Yeah, and maybe July also Disney 12th. Plus. It's going to be on everything. I don't know. On everything, man. July, July 12th. I, um, uh, I recommend, if you can, go mm-hmm. to the theater to see it. Go to the theater yeah. to see it still. It's going to be better and more exciting in the theater. But, uh, you know, if you're afraid to get out because of COVID or you can't get out for any other reason, watch it and crank them numbers up on the streaming platforms, baby. It deserves all the love. It's a good movie. It deserves all the love. It's a really good movie. Um, It's really fucking good. It's a really good movie. It's really cute. Really funny. Looks really good. I want to see more 2D animated films in the movie theater in general. Um, I don't know. A man could dream, though. Yeah. I don't know. A man can dream. Man. What else is happening? There's a they announced those Avatar movies. I know you're a huge Avatar fan, Tariq. You love the Last Airbender. You're always telling. You're always telling me. I love Cora, and I, I'm like, you are spitting, dude. Cora rules. You know. Um, <laughs> The other day, I was telling my, I was talking to my roommate's girlfriend because I no because I think it came up because uh, Avatar came up, and um, long story less long, there was a miscommunication in in the conversation. She thought that I was talking about the cartoon, but I was talking about the blue people. The blue people. It's a conf- and I was James Cameron. I was like, oh. Even though I. I'm an apologist for the blue people avatar. I I hate James Cameron for for naming something avatar after an already excellent thing. Yeah, he did. He did violate. I told her. I said. I said. I said. Oh, my friend. My friend Johnny loves that shit. Like he fucks with Avatar. And then I I realized when she thought I was saying, I was like, Oh, I I was. I guess I was right both times. You are right. I do fuck with both of them. I I was right both times. I I fuck with Last Airbender a lot more than. James Cameron's Avatar, but James Cameron's Avatar, I, I think the over pendulum swing of people trying to hate on it because it was so successful and like, granted, like should it 
have been the most successful film of all time. I can't say that for sure, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would be getting this much hate if it had been the sixth most successful film of all time. It wouldn't yeah. be getting near this much hate. It's like no, people yeah. are overcorrecting because it was so successful, which is stupid. Uh, yeah. And I watched it in 3D recently with my friend Nelson and our producer Mikey, and I had such a good time. Mm-hmm. I think the visuals are incredible. Uh, I'm really excited for The Way of Water. I have a friend who's working on on the sequels, and I I think they're going to be beautiful. I think they're going to be really cool. I hope it helps bring 3D back because I don't think I don't think 3D should be dead. I don't think it should be. I think there should be a happier medium between everyone watches 3D or nobody watches 3D. At least provide just have some 3D options. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it. I think it elevates certain media. Uh, that being said. If I had to choose between Last Airbender's Avatar and Blue People, it's not even a contest. Uh, Last Airbender and Legend of Korra are two of my favorite shows ever. I love that world so much. The rumors are about these movies, if you haven't heard, now these are not confirmed, but there's an Avatar news site who has done some digging and they say they are pretty confident that this is the current plan. It's that they have three theatrical movies planned which is bold, bold, yeah. a little aggressive. I kind of like it. Uh, that is, <laughs> well, that, that is confirmed. The three theatrical movies is confirmed. Mm-hmm. The Avatar news site is claiming that the first one will be in 2024 and it will be about Kiyoshi, who is the Avatar, two Avatar cycles prior to Aang. Uh, and then the second one will be about Zuko, which I assume would follow the events of the original show and it would probably adapt the search the story that is the search for his mother which was an unresolved plot line in the original show they did cover it in the comic books and the graphic novels later i have a feeling they will alter it if they feel the need to i don't think they need need to be beholden to the graphic novels um and then the third would be a Legend of Korra movie taking place after the show, which I think would be great because I love that show. And I think it ends in a place that very much makes me excited to see what comes after it. I was like, I like it just like the world was had changed so drastically the moment that show ended. And I was like, I want to see what's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also felt like she became her real, fully realized avatar self. Like it feel it felt like it took that whole time for her to to really make it there. Um, and then the Kyoshi, I'm all in on. Kyoshi is a great character. There are two novels, like young adult novels about her that I've read. And I love those books. I like them better than any of the comics. Uh, and there are great characters in them. She's a really interesting avatar. She's got a really interesting origin. I'm curious if they would adapt that same story or if they would just continue it after those books take place. I kind of hope they continue after because I like the story so much that I'm like, keep it keep it as the books. Those are great. Um my favorite thing about her story, though, is that spoilers for those books, there was a someone someone was falsely appointed avatar without them realizing that she was the actual avatar in that time in that timeline. Um, he uh, they had a really hard time discovering who the next avatar was. And uh, and through some test that they usually give the avatars, this guy who wasn't actually the avatar was basically anointed as the avatar for years it's really interesting i actually did a video about that oh years ago but uh i'm excited i love avatar so much 
I love Avatar Studios. If anyone at Avatar Studios is listening to this, uh, hire me. I'll do anything. <laughs> I'll do anything. anything. I love this shit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I I know the world really well. I promise I can do anything. I'll do anything. It's um, funny that yours is yours that's like that is like Avatar and mine is like so I don't know. Give me Alvin and the Chipmunks. I'll make the best piece of Chipmunks media out there. Just give it to me. I believe you will, man. I will. And you're going to one day. I hope so. Uh, shit. You're gonna do it. You're going to do it. Um, you know what's funny about the blue people? Uh, is that, um, a, it's you know, because it's, it's the, the highest grossing, right? Isn't it still number one? Or is the, I no, think they, Endgame, they I think Endgame passed it. I think Endgame okay. passed it, but, but Avatar is, it's like two. It's it's an untouchable number that yeah. very, very unlikely that something else will get up to either of those two. Either but, way, you know. the adjusted for inflation number one is still going with the wind by like 500 million dollars right right and adjusted it is for inflation, it's so yeah. fucking funny like and also adjusting for inflation i think avatar is too uh yeah you're probably right um but the thing with gone with the wind though is like it's like back then it was like there's there was like two movies a year right <laughs> like, well and they're like we're gonna air this not, one that's we're not true this- <laughs> <laughs> Go, going with the wind came out the same year as uh uh wizard of oz 39 1939 39 big year big year big year big, big year. year isn't that also snow white I think that's 37. 365 films, one per day. They came out with a movie per day in 1939. That's a fact yeah, for to, you. They used to do <laughs> shit like that a lot. Yeah, they used to. Because I think, like, man, and I think movies would be in the theater for, like, a week. Like, I don't I don't really know the specifics, but it would be, like, it was, like, some, like, studios would, like, I don't know. I'm not going to try to explain it. It's been forever since I've been in film school. Snow White came out in 37. I was wrong. Little was wrong about that one. Oh fuck! Um, I was right. I was a guess. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even hear you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, that was a big year. Mr. Smith goes to Washington also that year. Uh, that's that's nuts. That's nuts. What a year. Um, we should just should we cover on the Gone Patreon. with the Wind on the podcast. Yeah, I'm about to say on the Patreon. <laughs> cool. Maybe not Gone with the Wind. Um, <laughs> Frankly, my dear. I think you're wrong. I, 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 <laughs> I'm don't, just I don't give a damn. <laughs> we could do um, we could do the Wizard of Oz. I almost watched the Wizard of Oz today. It would be so close. fucking like, funny to mo- mock up one of our our thumbnails with "Gone with the Wind" <laughs> with our with our dumb fucking faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dumbass, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, speaking of the Patreon. We yeah. uh, we want to on the main feed, even though we did this on the Patreon feed, we got a nice little surge in uh, in subscriptions to our Patreon over the last few weeks. We want to thank anyone who's uh, who's done that. That's really cool of you. Uh, we couldn't do it without your help. And if you don't know about the Patreon or you're on the fence, we have like what do we have, like 14 bonus episodes or something like that. We covered all the Shreks, plus Puss in Boots, Anomalisa, two Paddingtons, two Teds, four Toy Stories. And we've got this week coming out the Toy Story Tunes, plus Toy Story of Terror, plus Toy Story that Time Forgot. Uh, it's like a good collection of stuff. And some of our best podcasting is on the Patreon. Sorry to put it behind the paywall, 
but we have a lot of fun and we shoot the shit on there. Also, Mikey's a great oh, yeah. co-host, so yeah, it does, I, I, he does go along. I, I get confused doing these like, I guess main feed ones without Mikey because I'm yeah, so I know. Used to, like it, it feels like he's supposed to be here. It's also to be fair, like over we took that hiatus and we were recording way more. Uh, mm-hmm. way more Patreon episodes than we were main feed episodes. I got so, so. used to talking to him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Mikey's yeah. going to be listening to this, editing this, and he's going to be smiling. He's like, yeah, I've, ma- I've made myself an indispensable part of what this, if he, like, this process. What if splices in, he splices in like footage of himself just like smiling he's, and like nodding. He's done that before. There was one where he made a mistake. There was an episode where he made a mistake and said something factually incorrect and he spliced himself correcting himself <laughs> it's <was> pretty funny <laughs> i didn't know he did that yeah. <laughs> oh, i usually man. watch um, them though when the fuck did he do that i usually watch i can't remember which one I... it was i can't remember yeah. um but regardless you guys should check out the patreon it's five dollars a month you get the way you get them is you can get watch them video versions on our youtube you get unlisted links or you you get an entire separate feed that you can put mm. onto your podcast apps to listen to all of all of those bonus episodes. And on top of that, we uh, the way we do it here on the main feed is we post half an episode half at a time, part one, part two. Uh, mm. You'll be getting them all one week in advance. You'll be getting them all at once on the Patreon, both video version and audio version. Uh, so yeah. It's uh, it's a pretty. I feel like it's it's worth it if you like listening to us. Yeah. Uh, if you want to wait until we've got more content up there, I get it. Uh, but you also get an input into what we talk about. You can be a part know, of the man. process. I feel like that's that's a lot of. I gotta be at least like what like, at the very least like twelve hours of content, right? Well, that's oh, a lot well, of fuck. We did oh, a lot of fucking more. movies. Every episode's right? at least an hour. Every episode's right. at least an hour. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we, we have a lot of fucking movies. We've talked about a lot of movies. Let me. I tweeted about it the other day. It's 14 bonus episodes, all the Shreks plus Post and Boots. But the thing is, is that like our Shrek one episode is like two and a half hours long. Uh, yeah, because we every drunk episode shit. is at least. Yeah, we were real drunk <laughs> for that one. That was pretty fun. Um, every single episode is at least. Is at least an hour long. I would be willing to bet that it's it's closer to twenty hours of content. If I'm being honest, uh, we never do under an hour. Never do under. Never, an hour. never gave them under an hour. Mm-mm. Never gave them under never. an hour. Never. Even never. if we, even if like we finished the discussion at like minute forty five, we we found a way to like talk about something I'll, else. Let me read off some run times. Toy Story three hour and a half. Paddington two hour twenty. Ted hour thirteen. Anomalisa hour forty. Toy Story four mm. hour thirty. Toy Story two hour twenty. Ted two hour thirty four. Great episode. Mm. Re-listen to our Ted two episode. Some of our best work. Uh that movie is baffling. That's because everybody uh, was pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Paddington one hour ten. Post and Boots hour ten. Toy Story hour forty four. Shrek four hour and a half shrek three hour and a half shrek two two hours uh, we've done, we nice. went over two hours for both the first two shreks probably because we were drunk for both of those well um, i got too drunk on shrek two i got like i came to the podcast <laughs> you way couldn't drunk even defend it against did. us well enough i did uh, yeah i did i did my i did i did the drunk part of my job way better than everybody else did and everybody else did the podcast part better than i did <laughs> i got got them mixed up <laughs> if you uh if you haven't seen it our we do have a 40 minute like preview of our first trek episode up on the youtube uh it, you know it might be a good, oh, good yeah, way to check true. it out see if it's interested although we we stopped doing the drinking thing after 
only a few episodes because that would that would we were, that would that would kill us. We were just drinking too much. We were just doing it too much. We were we had a problem. Us. We had a problem. Um, yeah. So yeah, check that out. You can recommend us uh, what what we uh, should talk about on the Patreon episodes because we're not yeah. really we're we're trying to we're trying to make the uh, the audience be a part of that. Um, so you know, tweet at us. Let us know. Sign up. Uh, what's next, that, man? Anything but Scooby Doo, man. Anything but Scooby Doo. Yeah, we got we've got multiple requests for Scooby Doo, man. We might have to just do it. Just, might have to do it. I'm just, y'all, please don't make me watch the movies. Why you just not like them, <laughs> bro? I I watched that that first one like a couple years ago, and I was yeah. like, I don't think I ever want to see this again. <laughs> oh, no. that, but but Tariq, let me tell you. Sounds like a good episode of a podcast. We can do a reverse Shrek where, where Mikey and I are like, nah, this is actually good and you're going to be hating on it. <laughs> That's going to be like that class I had in college where my professor told me to watch Batman Begins and I came back and I was like, fam, why the fuck did you make me watch that? I was so You didn't mad. like Batman Begins? I didn't like Batman Begins. And Batman he was he was he was very hurt about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer. Sorry, guy. Christopher Nolan. I know you're a yeah. fan. I know you listen to the pod. Sorry, uh, he's a cursed one. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, we should uh, probably cue the theme song. Talked about a lot of stuff in the sure. cold open. Good, thorough, varied cold open. And now we cue the theme song now. Watching them for years, it's always been something that fit with all the animated characters that's doing their own bits. With a fry who's in the future and a family guy that sucks. With a father from a Hello Burger family that's the show and spies is the same guy, except he totally is f- And diverse. Let's watch cartoons that could. Uh, yeah, that's bananas. <laughs> As rough. <laughs> What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to Cartoons That Curse, the podcast about cartoons that say swear words, aka adult animated series, our favorites. My name is Johnny Tuchellos. You can call me Johnny or John or Tuchellos or not Jonathan. That's not my name. Really, just run it by me. You can call me what you want, but ask. Just ask. You can call uh, me what you want, but you can't call me broke. <laughs> you can call me bro. <laughs> oh, I said broke. Oh, bro. You, you can bro call me for broke. sure, though. You'd be wrong, but you can call me broke. Sure, you can, but you would be wrong. Uh, I'm here with my bro. You can call me bro. Terrific Tariq, my co host. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, Tariq? How are you? Uh, So, King of the Hill, right? First season. Season one. <laughs> I season. also, before we start, I want to give another shout out. We shouted them out before, but their podcast is ending, which is a bummer. Did it end already? The Ho Yeah podcast? Um, sure. It's 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 ended. If it hasn't ended yet, it is ending, which bums me out because it's a great King of the Hill podcast. A great King of the Hill podcast. Uh, and yeah. we never got they to all, guest they, on even it. I was we, hoping we got to. When we first started it. Uh, we should try us, to get. St- when sorry, we first started yeah. this, they showed us love. They did. Yeah. And we have to, uh, I think what we should do at some point, if they're interested, unless they're just King of the Hill themselves out, is if we uh, keep going with King of the Hill, we should try to get them on here because why wouldn't we? You know? Um, 
So check out the Ho Yeah podcast if you want to want more King of the Hill podcast goodness. But mm-hmm. we are here to talk about King of the Hill season one. And King of the Hill was one of the shows Tariq and I bonded over when we became friends. It was this mm-hmm. Futurama and The Simpsons. I feel like we're the big three uh, that we were kind of like geeking out about the most. Yeah. And so uh, we have a we have a new little segment. Hold on, I'm going to move my chair up a bit. Oh, yeah, that's better. Better. This is much better. Um, so what we're going to start doing also is our patrons. We decided to start asking them, hey, we're going to cover this soon. Tell us tell us your thoughts on this and we'll read it out. And we'll we'll kind of discuss that stuff uh, up top. I think we should do that up top. Yeah. Yeah. These are our patrons, idea, the cursed ones. Um, so we asked them how they feel about King of Hill season one. Uh, there's some, you know, some general stuff. Nathaniel, Nathaniel Foga says, it's like any first season of a cartoon where it's trying to find its footing. That's very much King of the Hill season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I'm, we'll discuss it more in depth as we go, but there is a lot, there are a lot of things they do in this season that they don't do later. And yeah, uh, I think that's, that's most of my notes is like, this person would never do this. This person would never do it's that. It's a lot of that. And there's yeah. also even just like some, some choices in how they, some narrative choices and, uh, in narrative choices and like structural choices. Uh, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael P. McConnell says, personally, I think it's a great introduction into the series, even if it was trying to find its way. The first episode is what got me into the series when I found it on Hulu. Hank's rant to the social worker forever lives in my mind alongside Peggy yelling, vagina. <laughs> Some of my favorite <laughs> moments of the show. Very much agreed. Even though there's so much about this first season where I'm like, well, this is different than later. They wouldn't do this at all later. Like this isn't something to do. There are some episodes in here that I think are so, so funny. Um, still great, great season of TV, even if it, uh, feels pretty different than what they do after this. Uh, let's see what else we got. Let's do some shorter comments. And for the future, like we got some nice thorough comments here and we appreciate that. We're going to, we read, we're happy to read those, but you know, for the podcast sake, Nice concise thoughts for the future. <laughs> nice concise thoughts. They probably me. they think like, man, they talk for three hours anyway. So what's my <laughs> long ass comment gonna be? <laughs> not wrong. Well, it's gonna be four mm. hours if we have to read all these. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. No, these are great. These are great. We love you all. We love every one of you. Um yeah, I mean lot, there's a lot of people kind of echoing like as far as season 1, Mega Z mm-hmm. says as far as season 1 of a show goes, King of the Hill nailed it pretty quick. It does get better, but as far as season 1 goes, it's top tier. I'd say it's a good season 1. I think uh, it's a good season 1. Yeah. yeah, I mean there's not granted we also talked about Family Guy recently. You guys haven't heard that episode yet, but we both loved mm-hmm. Family Guy season 1. <laughs> Short, <laughs> 7 episodes. We talked about Futurama season one on here. We both fucking love Futurama season one. We both talked about we talked about Simpson season one. We love Simpson season one. Maybe we're just season one people, Tariq. Maybe we like those classic. Uh, we like those those classic, slightly off feeling, a little rough around the edges. First goes <laughs> at yeah. I like that's 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 my reasoning for liking the first season of The Simpsons for sure. Uh, yeah, with Futurama, I think like. I'm one of they those got, people. They had a lot like, of it figured out. They did have a lot of it figured out, which is also really fucking dope. But I'm one of those people that like um I like voices before the voice actors figure out the voices. So like old Fry and Bender, mm-hmm. like the way that they sound, and I fucking love that. You know what I mean? Uh, Me too. So it's a lot of that. 
with Futurama. It feels it feels like with The Simpsons, they all kind of nailed the voices except for Homer changes a bit. It feels like everyone mm-hmm. else is pretty pretty consistent. Um, yeah. And but Homer is Homer's doing the Walter the Walter Matthau. Walter thing. Matthau, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Margin or no Walker Cronkite, not Matthau. Walter Cronkite, right? A day, no, it's, it's right? Walter Matthau, right? Is it? Walter Matthau? Yeah. Homer Simpson, Walter. Yeah. What does it say? No, maybe it is Matthau. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a uh, yeah, but I mean, Walter like Margin, uh, Margin, Lisa, like that's just kind of how they talk in real life. So like, yeah, true. True. <laughs> true. They're gonna nail those frosty chocolate milkshakes. Um. <laughs> I love I love seasons ones though. Um, yeah. This is also all right. Well, let's let's read a few. You got any on here that that uh, speak to you? Any of these comments? Uh, speak this, to me. Well, here's one. This uh, <laughs> I'll just good. say. Hugh H U Y H says it's clearly a bit rough around the edges, but you can see the potential in it even still. Yep, totally. A lot mm-hmm. of these, a lot of echo this st- sentiment. We got uh we got James. Uh, I really like this season. All things considered, even though you can clearly tell it's the first season. I find it has a unique chill charm. It does which have I a unique could, charm. It does, yeah. It has like that. It's it's funny because King of the Hill doesn't show up on Adult Swim until way way later. But this season yeah. in particular kind of feels like Adult Swim somehow. Oh uh, you know yeah, what I'm I I don't know if I would call this season chill though. Would you call this season chill? Nah, There's, man. Hank is doing a lot of fucking Hank is, yelling. Hank is he's angry. so mad. Angry. Yeah, he's, he's so <laughs> mad. The whole season, and that, that's, that's part of why, like, you know, in the in the show, in the show proper, Hank is my favorite character. I think, but like, uh, he's not my favorite in these, like, because he's he's so well, that, like, because that everything I love about him isn't what's here. Um, so it's, it's okay. I think my second we'll favorite depth, character was always sure. oh, Peggy. So. Peggy's yeah, so funny. Peggy's, Peggy, but and Peggy's also, great like, in this. But Peggy still, they still also haven't quite found the, like, it feels like they're still exploring the overconfidence in this season, whereas she, they really lean into it as the show goes on. Like, she's definitely overconfident. There are definitely mm-hmm. ass episodes, like <laughs> the one the one where the Super Nuisance phones move into town comes to mind, where she's right, always just like, she's like trying to say all of, she's like, give it all these, these like, facts about china that are definitely wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and uh so like they they were clearly venturing into that territory but she feels a little less overconfident this season than later uh but like it's clear that they're finding what works about all the characters they're for right. sure like and, moving in yeah there. i do think i do think I, I think peggy might be like the most figured out because a lot of the stuff that that like happens to her later on that I thought was just kind of like something they figured out that they wanted to do later on. It's like here already, like mm-hmm. when the super, uh, with, when, uh, when Khan, um, and the move, uh, you got to learn to say super nuisance phone, man. I, I gave up. I know it's a hard name. I gave up. <laughs> uh, when they move in Peggy, um, like men is like making fun of Peggy's feet. Yeah. I was like, oh, they do that that early. <laughs> yeah. And they <laughs> also have that whole thing. subplot where where the whole subplot is just Peggy silently driving to a whole nother city 
to buy giant shoes so that no, mm. and with with different you know so that no one knows what <laughs> what they are um yeah they did have that stuff down pretty early which is funny yeah. uh let's see let's oh here's a good comment there. meta man says i love the earnest feeling of the first season of king of the hill the muted colors are charming the characters are way more country than in later seasons plots aren't over the top this season reminds me a lot of season one of the office because a lot of the characters defining character traits were played way more, way more straight instead of over the top, which is exactly what we were just saying. Not one I revisit, but a solid first season. I think that's a good mm-hmm. comment, Meta Man. Echoes a lot of the things I feel. Um, yes. Yeah, especially, the, you know, that, that comment makes me think about Dale. Uh, yeah. Like, the conspiracy part of Dale is, like, very clearly there. But, like... Not you know, as extreme. Not, yeah, because I just watched an episode where he was con- he's convinced that his son is an alien. Uh, right. So you know, it goes. It starts to fly off the rails for sure. Which there is a very very interesting line spoken about Joseph in this season by Bobby. That I wrote down by Bobby. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. I know which one you're talking about. We'll get there. We'll get there. Bob Bobby. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know shit. <laughs> it's another situation. We'll talk about it later, but it's another situation where I'm kind of thinking they were still working out the like, working out what everyone is and knows and the characterizations mm-hmm. in season one. So I don't know if like that holds up long term right. but maybe it does but well, maybe it does i know which one you're talking about know. though i know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. That's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> i was i was like what the fuck uh, yeah <laughs> um let's see we got uh we got jared see. jared rodriguez uh i feel like when people say king of the hill is boring they've only seen like part of a season one episode the early episodes were kind of slow but still very entertaining i think I- the reason people think King of the Hill is boring is mm. because on the surface, it kind of is. And like, that's not a slight <laughs> against it. Like I, I, as a kid liked King of the Hill, but it was always like, oh yeah, Simpsons family got Futurama. And then I'll watch King of the Hill when it's on. But like those other ones are the, my that's shows. what I th- That's really is. I think that like, the, the 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 stigma around King of the Hill comes from the fact that it was sandwiched in between The Simpsons and Family Guy, which are like completely big, outlandish fun, and exaggerating. It's big, yeah. bombastic, exaggerating. Like they can do weird, big stories with a dog and a baby time travel, or like the family gets arrested for killing an alligator. You see what I'm saying? Like they could do like yeah. wild stuff like that. And like, no, but King of the Hill was grounded. These are just like real people. And when you're when you put that in the middle, like directly in the middle of all of that, like that, um, especially like, you know, Family Guy was really, just like The Simpsons was when it first came out. Family Guy was really popular with kids when I was growing up, like kids yeah. around my age, like, like 10, 11, 12 type shit. So like, I don't want to see this like slow thing where you got to get to know the characters. I want to yes. see this thing where they're referencing these movies that my parents watch that I don't even understand. Like, you For know what sure. I mean? Where they're, where they're like cursing at each other and calling each other bitches and shit like that. Like, I, you know what I mean? And I think you hit it on the head, though. Like getting to know the characters is kind of what makes this show magic is once yeah. you truly 
understand the nuances and the like quirks of every it's 50 character, times funnier all it's of a sudden every line yes. makes you laugh and every that's that's the magic of the show is like mm-hmm. once you become so intimately familiar with it it becomes it just becomes so funny yeah. uh i love, been, I love um, that about this there's been times because my roommate's been getting into king of the hill too and i've just kind of been showing him uh certain episodes there's been times where like we've been watching an episode and a joke will like it won't even be a joke it like you said it'll just be like a line that a character says it's not even really a joke like in the traditional sense it's a joke if you know everybody and a character will say something and i'll just like burst out laughing and then like he'll like chuckle but the chuckle is kind of like a courtesy chuckle because i'm laughing really loud and then i'll have to stop the episode and go like no way so like this is what this That's means. That's really funny. Here's why. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, this is why it's funny that this character said it. And it always, like, I can't think of another show that's, like, that's really like that. But it, but that's what makes the show so cool is that that's what life is, right? Like, jokes are going to be funnier between you and your friends because you know your friends. You know what I mean? Right. Like, y'all got that relationship. Y'all got that rapport compared to somebody that's just meeting y'all. You know what I mean? Like, not everything that you say is going to be funny. Not everybody's going to have that that context. But when you in on the joke, you in on the joke, you know? Um, For sure. Good fucking cartoon, um, man. It's a good cartoon. I'm excited to keep talking about it. Uh, we got a couple more here I want to say. Waluigi Kin says, Season 1 of King of the Hill is full of charm. It's a wonderful introduction to the show. And its characters full of classic episodes, too. Completely agreed. Lots of charm. Classic episodes in here. Um, all right, here's a long one. Here's a long one. You want to do that one? Yeah, I want to pull out. Yeah, you want to do it? Why don't you do it? It's a- <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Again, for the future, just so that these are a little concise. Concise. We And, and also, we if we get more, we might have to pick and choose as we go. But some of these, I think there are some things in here that I agree with. Like, so this, so Fiend, Fiend, Fiend Rose. Long comment. One thing I want to pull out of here says, now I'd argue Hank has parts of uh, not being the best dad besides smoking, getting creeped out by Bobby's hobbies or saying how he values his guitar over his family. Um, I, but at the same time, he's a pretty good dad overall, all things considered. Uh, it's probably, it's kind of weird seeing Bobby at probably as dumb as this season. I agree with those things. Um, I do want to get into it more deeply as we talk about it. But like, I do think that I made that video a long time ago about Hank being a great dad. Uh, how that's the heart of King of the Hill, Hank being a good dad to Bobby. And whenever I see like kind of detractors of the idea that Hank is a good dad, people who say he's definitely a bad dad, the one big example is a season one example. And we'll talk about it as we get there. But But that's uh, not, but that, again, that's not him. (laughs) That is a different character. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. And then we'll get into that as we go. Cause there's like a lot going to be so much of that as we talk over the season of being like, this is funny, but this is not something we'd ever see this character do again. Mm -hmm. And, and when like the other 12 years of the show sort of paint a completely different characterization, even though this thing happened, like, especially in an episodic show, do you hold that thing against him when it was clearly the writers like figuring things out you know right like i think it's especially important when it's an episodic show if this were serialized that would be a different story but like this is episodic they're figuring it's you know like time it's got no timeline you know like all the characters Mm -hmm. stay the same age over the 13 years like there's 
it's hard oh, to hold every single thing as gospel, especially in the first season where they're like right. working out the kinks. Yeah, and like I don't think you would use a season one Simpsons example if you were trying to prove or disprove something. You know what I mean? Like right. if you want to talk about like I don't know, just like anything about like the relationship between Homer and Marge, like I would probably talk about something like the last temptation of homer not mm-hmm. life in the fast lane you know what i mean life, in life the fast in the fast lane. Lane, like, I right or yeah. or homer's night out or whatever um right. i uh i agree i also man also homer is so interesting because he has been so many different versions of himself over the 33 seasons like he mm. was he, he that's there's a video to be done there all the different because like you've got he he slowly becomes dumber like at first he's dumb but not a huge idiot and he cares mm-hmm. about and is like kind of a stern father and he cares about his family uh but he still messes up and then he becomes dumber and dumber and dumber and then he kind of becomes a jerk uh and then and like now he's he's dumb now but he's really sweet right sweet, now yeah. he's really sweet, sweet <laughs> yeah. yeah and he's always had sweet aspects to him but like right now when i think of like season 33 homer i'm like what a sweet man <laughs> like he's, he's just a big dumb sweet dad yeah um all right one more we got one more i think we got yeah. them all sorry right. if we didn't get to yours but i think, I think we, got we got them got all them but i think all. this one is the perfect one to lead into the pilot Uh, And they said, my friend and I recently watched the pilot of like every major Fox cartoon. And something I noticed about King of the Hill is they have so much of it figured out from the pilot. So much of the running jokes and themes with these characters that are built upon through the whole show are in the very first episode. Even Cotton gets an appearance. Also, Hank looks 15 years older than he does for the rest of the show. It's because he's mad. It's because he's mad. It's because he's mad the whole time. And they do kind of like weirdly, even though they make him so angry in season one, which feels like a mischaracterization later there is an episode and i think season two that like is a definitive end of his mad arc yeah, when that that's when, the, when he has to go to the anger issues thing yeah. right the guy has a heart attack yeah yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it is interesting that they just were like all right end of angry hank and they made an episode <laughs> about it <laughs> i like that though yeah i like that though because again that that's them treating him like like a real person right you know what i mean like instead of just kind of going like it, like there isn't a Simpsons episode about Homer just randomly becoming stupid. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, right. like they just kind of go like, we don't want to write him like this anymore. So how do we figure out to like get this out of him in like a realistic right. way that would like get it out of our actual person? And I, I really appreciate that. Um, He's right though. So like, even though, like we said, there are a lot of things that they, didn't quite have locked in in season one of King of the Hill. There are also so many things that were established firmly in this one. You've got the Dale, John Redcorn, Nancy, Joseph thing. You've got that mm. is like that is locked in. The first thing Hank says to Bobby is that boy ain't right. It's like I think that first opening scene. Well, the opening, the cold open is them just going. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Looking at the car. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um I did laugh, though, that they are like, you watched the Seinfeld show last night. As I find it funny that they watch Seinfeld. <laughs> Hank doesn't like New York. I'm surprised you watch the Seinfeld. Uh- yeah. <laughs> Man, Hank does, Hank does some like, I, I think it's like in the middle of the season. Hank does some shit that I like that. It broke my brain. Like I was like, right. This is not the same character. Like whatsoever. Yes. I wrote down a few things of those. Yeah. Yes, we'll, we'll definitely get there. 
Um, this is uh, also like the opening scene of him and Bobby, I think is so prop. It, even though the characterizations of both of them needed a little fine tuning this se- after the season, their like their conflict and relationship that's kind of at the core of the show is very representative in the first scene of Hank and Bobby, where he's listening to a CD and Hank's like, what you listening to? And mother of God, it's all toilet sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's like very much their thing is like, Bobby's a weird young kid into new stuff that like Hank doesn't understand. And Hank is just like, no, <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite line is, is he says, "What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, so like the whole plot of the pilot is yeah. that uh, they there a rumor starts going around Arlen that. Bobby uh, that Hank hits Bobby because Bobby gets a black eye from a baseball game and some some wa- some women see him at the at the Megalomart. Uh they introduced the Megalomart. That's pretty crazy. Pilot episode, Megalomart. Right. Buckley's working there and everything. Man, um, Chuck is they they talk about Chuck like in like a couple episodes from Chuck here is, like it's Chuck <laughs> is in it already, man. They the already were like Chuck Mangione. Show. That was like that what a weird thing for them to have early on is yes yeah. we have the megalomart and chuck mangione is the is the celebrity sponsor of the megalomart That's nuts. <laughs> so funny though um i like the gossip angle though like that is very small town they're trying to get the small town in texas vibe you know mm. in the show which maybe maybe the show loses a bit of that uh like there's a little bit there's a lot of it yeah. in this season actually and this and hank's unmentionable problem where like there's the gossip going around oh, the neighborhood right, and right, everything. Right. Um, but like the whole town is suspecting Hank uh, because, because they see Bobby with the black eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got this character who I believe is played by David Herman, this great, like, like little dweeb from LA. Who's a social worker. Also weird for a social worker from LA to move to Texas. That's just weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's pretty random. Um, but the whole core conflict here is that Hank does have an anger problem. He never takes it out on Bobby in, in any way. But because he has this anger problem, because of the black guy, they suspect him. So the social workers are like interviewing everyone, which let's talk about smart idea for a pilot to have a character who is going around interviewing every other new character about the main character mm. <laughs> it's pretty genius that's how uh, we get the uh that's how we get the joseph reveal yes uh, which is vi- which is like fully a reveal fully yeah. reveal like because like the first there's the joke where it's very clear that he doesn't realize what's going on with his wife and john redcorn as she runs out the door mm-hmm. and he's like uh says something like like you've been you've been getting headaches for years. You've been having those healing sessions for years and you still get those headaches. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then later in that same scene, he calls Joseph into the room and it's right. just, it's like the joke is, yeah, he looks just like John right We get it. <laughs> right. But that was so early that they established that. Um, also the other is this one. They talk about mid midway through this episode, Luann, it's like Luann needing to move in. Right. Or is that come later? Is that coming in a later episode? 
she's just staying with them for sure and that's a new yeah i think she i think she's just staying i don't think she moves she's she moves in and when hank when her and hank bond and he like makes the bed up for and all that shit that's a couple episodes down i think that's that's, right i think that's luann saga luann saga yeah that's a good episode um yeah this is all things considered though even though like this one focuses so greatly on the angry characterization of hank which like does not follow him through the show he has angry moments but he's not an angry character right Uh, yeah and i think they were smart to move away from that but absolutely. Uh, even despite that, I think they do a really nice job in this pilot establishing the world, the neighborhood, every character, and a lot of these ongoing ideas and 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 dynamics in the show. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a very good pilot. It's a very good pilot, I would say. Yeah, like I I, I think this one's all right. I'm not like a I'm not a big fan of uh, of Bobby in this one. He's an idiot. I, I feel like he's a completely different kid. Yeah. Like he respects Hank way too much to like play with the door. Like when he like yes. when he's playing with the garage door, like all that kind of shit. I'm like, he nah. This, but that that Bobby is Bobby's like that for the rest of this one. Um in I'm kind of skipping around, but in Shins of the Father, like he's like uh it's like, oh dad, I don't want to fucking talk to my grandfather. He loves cotton. You know I know. What I, mean? I talked. Like, to, I wrote that down a lot. That's that is that is a big deal. I, that that's my first note yeah. about that episode. Um, yeah. And you could like argue that the relationship is forged in part because of that episode. But it is. But mm. it is true. Like that is so different than what we get later. Um, mm. I do though. Even though he feels a little off, I guess that's like just going to be the caveat with so many of the things I say about this season. I do feel like the way they wrapped up that whole thing because like part the way the story goes is that. Uh, eventually the guy who the social worker works for is like, well, did you go talk to the baseball coach to Mm -hmm. figure out if he got hit by a baseball? And so then it becomes very clear that Hank does not hit Bobby and they call to tell them that. And Bobby's the one who answers the phone, but he Mm -hmm. is having so much fun, like messing with Hank that he's like, well, I don't want this to end. Uh, it feels a little different than how they wrap it up, but I like how they wrap it up because he basically says, I, 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 if he, if he thinks that, if he thinks that he's still under investigation, then he'll even love me even when I mess up. Um, which like, I feel like the core of that is an important thing in their relationship, especially even though it's like weird how they get to it in this one. I feel like that's so important such an important through line in the show is that like, even though they're so different, I don't think Bobby ever thinks genuinely like that his dad doesn't like him. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's, they have conflicts in other episodes, but he, he knows his dad loves him. And that's like, I feel like that's such an important part of their dynamic. He respects like they, they have a mutual respect, even though they have, very conflicting ideas and worldviews. Well, I feel like I feel like the way this episode is structured, I think uh, what happens at the end with Hank trying to talk to Bobby, I think that's supposed to be, I guess, the first time Hank ever like vocalized to him that he like actually like loves him and like lets him lets that be known. And like when you 
uh, we kind of, I think we talked about this before, just kind of like when you do a first episode of a show, you gotta, why, why are we starting here? Like what right. changes here? Uh, that sets the tone for the rest of the show with like with the Simpsons, even though like it wasn't supposed to be the first one we saw, but we, we the first time we see it is when the family becomes whole when they get the dog. Like that's where right. we start. We start when the family becomes whole. Like and with here and here, um, you're kind you're starting with uh the first time like the first time Hank uh shares his feelings like about his son to his son. The first time Hank like really tells Bobby like how he feels For sure. or whatever, uh, which is like a pivotal moment, I guess, in all their lives. And I think that's a great place to start this show, especially since like the first episode of the show is about them and the last episode of the show is about them. And like, it proves that that's what the, that's what the narrative of the show is. It's a guy using all of his like past trauma to try to be the best dad that he possibly can and understand his son in ways that his dad never tried to understand him. Uh, and yeah, I think even just it's, it's in the text of this one is even like the flashbacks to cotton and shit like that. Like it's in the text for it to be like, yes. no, this is, this is what this show is going to be about from now on. Right. I mean, that is, and that is like, um, there's that line, I didn't write this one down, but I think it's when, when, when Peggy's asking Hank to, to tell, to talk to Bobby. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you, you know, you know what, how, what my father's like, how I was raised. Uh, It's like that whole generational trauma aspect is like baked in right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, that's the thing I want to talk about though, is one of the things they use so much in this first season and never again is every time they do like a flashback to a memory, they do this, they do this pan up into a thought bubble. And then the thought yeah. bubble has the scene. They do it so often in the, in this mm-hmm. season. It's crazy. It's like a, it's like, it's like a, it's almost like it was meant to be a continued aspect of the show. Like it was a feature of the show. Yeah. Uh, and then There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of dream sequences, a lot of nightmares. Yeah. And shit like true. that. And I think, I think, that's the show trying to justify it being animated. Right. Um, it's trying to be like, well, we can't do this in live action. So this is the reason why this has to be a cartoon. And then sooner or later, the show kind of just goes like, you don't have to do that. We just animated because we want to be animated. And then they just kind of, you know, go as they do and do and do whatever they want. Um, but it is, it is interesting, especially like you can see like, you know, even just like my judge coming from like MTV and doing shit like that that kind of looks like that experimenting with different styles and backgrounds and stuff like that you know for sure uh there's still a little bit of that dna in these definitely yeah definitely definitely um okay should we um that's all i got on the pilot that's all i got on the pilot let's move on to 102 square peg uh this is a fun one this is a funny episode (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's really funny. The, I got most most of my notes are quotes. The whole yeah, I have a good quote that I just read that I forgot about. Um, I I love that the crux of this like conflict initially is them being outraged that the school would teach sex ed, 
you're like, how could mm-hmm. the school do that? That's that's the parents' job. And then the moment that they are tasked with having to do it, they're like, how do we how do <laughs> oh, we do shit. this? <laughs> how do we do this? And then on top of that, for the person they t- pegged to do it to be Peggy, <laughs> for them to be right. like, you have to be the substitute sex ed teacher and come in and do it. It's really funny. Um, yes, there are some very funny quotes here but i think like my favorite sequence in this episode i think the funniest stuff is peggy like like her training montage on how to teach sex ed happiness 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 is so funny penis and then and then when she just the way that she's just screaming it and the like the neighborhood can hear it's like vagina vagina (laughs) so funny oh man um i think i think my favorite scene in this is uh it's peggy and uh peggy and bobby yeah uh, so uh what do you um you know, like, you know anything? Like, you know anything about his, uh, Bobby's like, I don't know. I'm a little worried about being a slut. <laughs> <laughs> That's so my first funny. quote that I wrote down. It's so funny. That's <laughs> 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 oh, so good. Um, and then you've got, like, Hank trying to, because, like, and then, and then you got Hank trying to teach Bobby how his dad taught him. So that's like the flashback in this episode is they think about how mm-hmm. Cotton taught Hank. And it's like he brings him to a ranch to just watch bulls, like bulls, bone and cows, basically. Um, <laughs> and then bugs. and then when he teaches and then he takes Bobby to the, like the ranch and it's like all artificial insemination. And they're like, this, this does <laughs> yeah, not help at all. Shit. Yeah. No. yeah. Oh, uh, it's so funny. Hey, uh, Hank calls uh, Peggy Pegleg in this. Oh, yeah. He just, just kind of says, hey, Pegleg. I wrote that down because I just thought that was weird. <laughs> that is weird. Um, That is a weird one. I think, uh, is this the first, like, Dooley? Is the first introduction of Dooley at the is the, at the baseball game? When, uh, oh, or maybe it's got to be. Yeah, and he goes, uh, your mom's going to teach sex ed. <laughs> We're <laughs> We're we're gonna get to see her boobs, <laughs> and then Bobby just goes, "So, <laughs> just so funny." One of my notes is just Dooley is so fucking funny. <laughs> he's such a good. He's such a funny character. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, yeah, this one like though, I like. I really like the, especially the ending. Just like, the. The way the, the the way the resolution happens that Peggy figures out how to do this, figures out how to teach sex ed. She goes, uh, she's she goes ready, gets to class, and then she's like, "All right, everyone who has permission slips, pass them up. Everyone else leave," and everyone leaves except for Bobby. And then she just has to teach Bobby sex ed. So it's like it's kind of sweet how like it starts with them being like, "I don't know how to teach my kid about sex ed," uh, then to "I have to teach all the kids about sex ed." To Oh, I get to teach my kid about sex ed. <laughs> I learned how to do it, and we get to do this. Yeah, I get to, I get to parent. I get to be a good parent. Right. Um, yeah. It's nice and also very yeah. funny. Like the the repressed, the fact that Hank and Peggy are so repressed. Yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. this plot really funny. <laughs> I don't know uh, if, if they did this a couple of years later. I don't know if Peggy would have cared as much. I know Hank still would have probably felt really right. weird is this part of that development yeah i think you're right i think you're probably right yeah. um 
she would have been eager to share the knowledge that she has <laughs> such expert ex, such expertise on you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah that's funny uh good one i don't have like a whole lot else to analyze about it yeah, but it's a neither. funny it's just, it's just a episode. really funny episode yeah yeah agreed um all right let's move on to 103 order of the straight arrow uh the cold open of this one is is interesting with all the um with the young the young gang you got uh you got boomhauer you got uh bill you got hank you got dale all in order the straight arrows kids and they're all very similar they all have very similar characterizations which is funny but even weirder is their parents who all look just so much like them Mm -hmm. uh and i don't think we ever see bill's parents outside of this scene in the show right i don't think we ever do um we see his distant relatives i i think we see i think we see the boomhauers a couple of times the wedding the wedding and we see mrs boomhauer in another episode i can't remember which one i know we see we see boomhauer's grandma um right when he when he uh what's the name of that dang old love dang old love when, uh, right yes yeah, that's right when he goes to get grandma, the when he goes the to ring. get the ring for his yeah. uh for the girl he's into and then right. um i don't think we ever see dale's parents definitely never see dale's parents you see his um, dad because oh we do see his dad dad. oh my god i love i didn't even go back and look i want to pull this up now if i have it downloaded to see how did they change the design they did do this a few times i never i didn't even think to think i I didn't didn't even even think think to think they changed i'm gonna look it up right now because they did do that in this show they showed a few flashbacks early on with peggy's mother um where she looks a lot like peggy and then in like season it's like nine or something later in the show uh, they go to Montana where her parents live and they did a completely different design, which it's I think completely is fine. Design. It tracks like if you're going to do something real with the character and not just like allude to her, then make it fit the story. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I do have this one downloaded. Let's look. Uh, let's see. Where is the, where are the parents? Oh yeah, this is uh, not, not Dale's him. dad. No, they look uh, so. Sure. And also, that's probably not Boomhauer's dad either. Like he looks mm. so different. And also, I think later they establish that Boomhauer's dad is a doctor, <laughs> Doctor Boomhauer. <laughs> <Dude, yeah. laughs> so that's interesting. But you know, that's these are just like the kinks. These are the kinks that yeah, get worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, although interestingly, I would say that like the Simpsons were pretty consistent with like this kind of stuff i don't think they changed oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean no well besides marge's dad right in in the way we was he's like fat with uh with brown hair that's right that's right and then uh and like fear of flying he's like really skinny with with blue hair that's right yeah. fair um but it is funny to see these basically they just look like slightly off model dale boomhauer bill uh with cotton and uh they uh, definitely changed these well who knows maybe bill's dad looks like that still we never met him uh but that is funny that's pretty funny uh so i get a lot of shit in one of my videos so in my in my hank and bobby video i my granted it's just a transition to my to my uh 
sponsorship in the video, but I, I say Hank didn't discover propane till he was till he was in his twenties, which I believe that's because I was armed with the knowledge that he didn't get his job in propane till he was in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, he like he wasn't given that job un- with by Buck Strickland until then, and. Go ahead. I know. Go ahead. I'll let you go ahead. And then in this in this cold open, he says he wants to do he wants to work in propane and propane accessories. And so, um, I I used that as a transition to my Skillshare ad, and I get a lot. I get comments to this day being like, uh, "Actually, um, actually, <laughs> bro, I just I don't. These don't count to me. Like, because there is very clearly." There is very, I, I vividly, I don't know what episode it is. I, I just vividly remember Hank saying that, like, he, there, there's a story. Hank tells a story about how he was introduced to propane and he wasn't a yeah. fucking child, right? Like, think, doesn't he tell a story or something like that about, like, we, I'd have to, it's hard. Uh, this is a show I that I watch. I watch this show so often, but I watch it in such random orders for my videos. Um, I've watched through it front to back a couple times in my life, but. I'm not as I haven't watched it as many times as Futurama or, or The Simpsons, so mm. I'm not as like intimately familiar with the the like ongoing the ongoing developments. Um, but that's actually one of the things I love about King of the Hill is like even though I've watched through it multiple times and I've watched a ton of episodes over and over, it always feels like there's an episode where I'm like, oh yeah, I don't remember much of this one. Let's watch it, which is which is great feeling when you love the show so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is okay. So this is. It feels like I. I understand why they did an episode like this. This is like such a. This is such a like small town type of thing. Is like the the scouts, you know, the scouts type of type of storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh there are i will say there's some dumb hank is <laughs> one of my notes is about hank so like they have the whole uh what's it called the uh the silent sticks or whatever with the the beef jerky and all that mm-hmm. and hank's testing them and he and he pretends he falls asleep at the wheel and then yeah, and then sick. joseph and then joseph tells him to stop and uh and he's like, "Ha, you failed." I'm like, "Imagine how bad that is such the such a bad lesson as a yeah. father to be like, to if I child. fall asleep at the wheel, stay silent." Um, yeah, if I tell you to be quiet, be quiet no matter it's what. It's so bad. <laughs> There's one line in here that I um it's when uh I think it's when one of the kids, one of the other kids who's with them says says something about uh their their dad like the, the dad says something about like, well, no matter what, I love you or whatever. And then and Hank says, can you imagine how it would have turned out if my daddy loved me no matter what? And I, <laughs> and I, and I see hear him say that. And I'm like, Hank, you're so close to getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Hank, you're so close. Yeah. You're right there, man. Poor dude. <laughs> you're, you're so close. Oh, man. Uh, you, you're so close to figuring out the root of all of all of your trauma. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, it's pretty oh, funny. Um, do you ever, okay. Do you yeah, ever so. hear about a snipe hunt before this episode? You know anything about snipe hunt? Um, you ever heard of uh, Camp Laszlo? Oh, uh, yeah. They, they do that, do that, that in that, that. Yeah. It's because it's like a, it's like a real yeah. old like camp game that I, I, me- I went to summer camp 
maybe a, once or twice in my life. And when you go, like, that's one, like, there's like, you got to, well, we're going to go for We're going to go hunt for snipes <laughs> on this day. Oh, they uh, do it in Up, too. Do they do it in Up, too? Yeah, because that's the, the bird. Right. He's oh, like, uh, right. Yeah, he's he tells me to go look oh, for a snipe. Right. Yeah. yeah the that's bird. so funny, Kevin. I got to rewatch yeah. Up. Got to rewatch Up. Maybe a good one for the uh, Patreon. I love that. Um, Wow, actually, parallel to this one, because then Bobby kills the bird thinking it's a snipe. <laughs> Bobby does kill the bird. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, there's also the um, the other thing. The thing that I re- you notice about this one, too, is that, like, so many of the problems that happen stem from Hank, like, appropriating the brief amount of native american culture he learned from john red yeah so okay so look he um so very early in episodes there's a quote that i have written down where he says uh he says oh there's john Redcorn. let's go get some funny indian stuff to do yeah and then he and then he goes over there and um john Redcorn is just kind of like i mean I should have sacred. Like I don't know what to tell you. He's like, yeah. well, we'll take we'll take some sacred traditions. Yeah, we'll take some sacred care. stuff. That yeah, sounds like, fine. What the fuck? He's just got no self awareness. Yeah. A lot of this season is, um, which is an angle that they actually end up dropping, like, kind of kind of quick. Is that like uh, a a big a big thing in the show is like kind of making fun of like how ignorant the characters are to certain things or whatever. Yeah. But Especially like, the one where the the super nuisance phones move in. That does. Yeah, this up. this this year in particular, because the show is is like that in general. But this this year in particular is like they're like they're like borderline racist because they like they kind of oh, they, they just don't sure understand. Are. Like they just right. like there's a lot well, of that's... shit that they just really don't understand. We'll get into that when we get to Westy Side Story, which is the one where the Supernosin's phones, Supernosin phones move in. But that one is like, I, I was actually kind of impressed though that it like walked this line of like, well, we'll get, we'll talk about when we get there. There's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. They tackled it in an interesting way, even though yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. High, they're like showcasing all of these problematic things. They're not like, they're not showcasing them in a way that's like advocating for them. And it's like, yeah, I don't think the show, the show never does that. The show never does that. It's just interesting interesting. that they like made the characters like this and like kind of, yeah. And it's always born of ignorance and never of like hate or anything, but it is right. Right. Absolutely. It's interesting. Absolutely. Um, And the same in this one where it's where they go and ask John Redcorn for this stuff. Like it's just full ignorance of them being like, well, these, these are, are, these are sacred to us. And mm. and them being like, sounds great. Get let, let yeah, us right. know what let is it. Yeah. Let me know what is it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the vibes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, but, uh, I never realized that John Redcorn had a different voice this year. Yes, he does. I remember learning that. Uh, I remember learning that. I might have learned that on the Ho oh Yeah podcast. Actually, I didn't know nice. that at first. But I think the guy they had him. The guy who was away. playing him passed away after the first season. Um, and then they, uh, oh, is this guy? Isn't it one of these episodes oh, no. so dedicated Victor to him, I think. One. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. One of these episodes. He looks I think familiar, actually. Was he in? What was he in? Was he in other stuff? No, he wasn't in anything else that I've seen. Um, and then they have, and then the, so it was a guy named Victor Aaron. 
And then they to replace him after he passed was a guy named Jonathan Joss, uh, who I also think has been I think he's he loves the show and is always down to talk to fans about it. I bet we could I bet we could convince him to do an interview if we wanted, nice. um, which would be pretty cool. Um, and he's getting he's working a lot too. Walking Dead. He was in Cyberpunk. He's in uh, let's see. There's something big I just saw here. Ray Donovan. That's a big show. He was in Parks and Rec. Bunch of episodes of Parks and Rec. Love to see it. Um, and many, many, many episodes of King of the Hill. Um, this. The, the other the other big laugh I got in this episode is when uh, all the hippies start chasing after him. And start kicking their hacky sacks at them. <laughs> That's an aspect. That is one example of something that I think this season does that a lot that the other seasons don't. This season has like a little bit of a less realistic, more cartoony vibe to certain aspects. Like there are solutions and or moments where just that just feel so removed from reality you know what i mean like like they would like these these people don't expect kicking hacky sacks at someone to to help uh to Mm -hmm. like to to stop them um and there are a few other there are a few other examples over the season that i'll bring up later but there was like where i was just like this plot is very cartoony like more cartoony than yeah than i would expect out of this show um the end of this episode is I like though where they where like Bobby like prays to Wematanye and the whooping crane just comes back to life. Uh it's crazy that they let him off the hook though. They still like moved the whooping crane to a sewer and the off the side of the highway, like and then right, right, <laughs> they right. never would have let him off. But uh yeah, this is uh it's an interesting one. And it's yeah. like and it all stems from like Bobby believing in everything his dad tells him. If his dad tells mm-hmm. him all this shit and Bobby is like, my dad wouldn't lie to me about this stuff. I trust in and believe in my dad. Uh, and, and Hank is like speaking out of his ass about native American shit and just making stuff up uh, right. to the point where then Bobby believes it so thoroughly that he makes a stupid mistake. It almost kills mm-hmm. this whooping crane. Exactly. Um, I really, like, I wrote yeah. down this, uh, I wrote down a line that Bobby says at the, cause he, he's, He's like, well, like, why would you like lie to me? Like, I don't, I don't really, right. I don't get that. And he's kind of, he's like, well, like my dad did it, and you know, like it's just like a joke. And he's like, I, and then uh, Bobby says, I don't want to be against you. You're my dad. We're supposed to be on the same team. Mm. Not that I, I thought that was really nice. I thought that was that a, is nice. A really nice moment. That yeah. is a good Bobby Hank moment there are mm-hmm. there are a lot of good bobby hank moments in the season despite the like off characterization actually that's a good lead into the next one should we talk about should we move on you good with with the order of the straight arrow yeah we, we oh well there's one line that i didn't talk about it's right Do after it. the original it. it's after the original flashback uh bill says i'm so depressed i can't even blink that's my first note <laughs> <laughs> So they got they got Bill's characterization down pretty early. They do. Uh, <laughs> well, he is he is very he is very pathetic, and they do kind of punch and bag him. But he's not as he he's not as pathetic, and I don't think he wants to fuck Peggy yet. Right. I don't think those things are there. Um. 
Yeah, that's a funny classic feeling bill line though i'm so depressed mm-hmm. i can't sure. even blink <laughs> um okay let's talk about hank's got the willies this is kind of a weird episode uh it starts off hank dreaming of golfing with willie nelson which i think is a very funny sequence um just like his his hero he's dreaming of playing golf with his hero they sit down they both get a hole in one they sit down and <laughs> my favorite is willie goes you know, I've always wanted to sell propane and propane accessories like you do. He's <laughs> just like he just like implies that his music career took off, and he's like, "Now nah, I can't do what I want to do, which is sell propane." <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, oh wait, okay, I have this note, but I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay, now I remember how it works. So after the dream, he w- he wakes up because Bobby's fucking with the guitar. Uh, Bobby is fucking with his guitar playing it poorly uh i said it's interesting how i think this is the only episode this happens uh the theme song interrupts the scene like it's rare that that they in the middle of a scene hank will be like say something then they'll cut to the theme song and they'll come back to the same scene do you think of other times where they do that in king of the hill does that happen in this one i didn't even realize that happens so he he goes in and he yells at bobby for playing the guitar they cut to the theme song and then they cut Mm -hmm. back and he's still they're still sitting there yelling at him about the guitar and they finish that whole sequence about the guitar uh it's weird right yeah it's not i think it's pretty Uh, unusual for this show Um, you know what that reminds me of i'm so i could be fucking fabricating this fall i know but when I was a kid, I think I saw like, like an original draft of one of the first like pilot scripts for Futurama, mm-hmm. and it oh, was, I know was, we've talked about this line on the pod before. Yes, yeah, okay, no, tell it. All Let's right. do it. Let's do it. Um, we've done so much of this. <laughs> I don't I remember think, what the fuck we I think about. what it is is it's um, it. I think in that script, I think where you probably read it was. Did you have the DVD? Oh, it might have been. The it's fucking on the DVD. DVD. Um, okay. The, the it's where it takes place is when he gets to the future the moment he gets to the mm-hmm. future and he looks out at the at the world and and how it is now in the pilot he says my uh you know my 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 family my girlfriend my job it's like it's all gone woohoo yeah. and then he cheers and that that's the cold open joke but what do they do in this one? He looks out and he says, <laughs> he, he says oh shit but it's like oh shit and then, and like, then the theme song is supposed to cut it off. And then it's, he says it, like, after the yes. theme song. And that is such a, I, like, I'm pretty sure I've done that in a video before. Well, like, because I, uh, I think that that's so funny. <laughs> I bet the I bet the Fox censors nixed that one. I bet that was it. It's like, yeah, that's quite yeah, an introduction yeah. to your show. Um. I, think, I, think what the, I, think, I think what the gag was, was that, like, I think it took place even further after. Like, I think he like went downstairs and was trying to walk down the street, and I think like he almost got hit was by like, a flying car or something. We I should think go it was through and read like that. that. We should definitely go through and read that again. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Just something like a, that. To that, that might be a fun Patreon episode idea. If we don't want to do a movie, is like to go read that script and then watch the pilot of Futurama and see what's different and talk about the differences that might be a good video idea Tariq. maybe we should make a video about that hmm. um <laughs> remember, the, remember when the simpsons dvds used to come with the scripts like in the special features yeah i love those fucking dvds man yeah. i'm sad that they don't make them anymore um well, they, don't they no i think they stopped at season 20 
I don't think they kept going. Well, did they start again? Yeah, because I mean, I remember they they did nineteen to kind of bridge the gap because everybody had right. disgusting sets that went from one to eighteen and then went to twenty. Yeah, because so they I came they out with the 19. twenty. They came out with the twentieth at this DVD at like the anniversary, and right. then and then they, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was it. And so, mm-hmm. um, which like, oh, that's so weird. They literally, like. 20 so they like stopped making the dvds in 2017 season 18 was the last one they made and then 2010 oh wait wait oh weird oh no 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 weird they made came out with 20 they came out with season 20 after right after it aired and then slowly released everything from 2011 to 2019 they released seasons 14 through 19 which were all the missing Mm -hmm. pieces um yeah, I think I think what they really wanted to do was fill that gap. I don't know if they'll keep going though, but I think I just they wanted to fill that gap. I want the I the commentaries, man. Like there's so that was kid me, um, at the height of my well, not the very height, but like at the height of my youth Simpsons phase. Uh, I go I brought the DVD, the season twenty DVD, thinking it was going to have damn commentaries on it for new episodes, and I was like, shit, I get to hear them talk yeah, about right. new ones. And it's just fucking. It's just the. It's just the episodes, bro. Like that's just what the disc is. It's just the episodes, man. I wish they would invest the time into these things. Even honestly, there is for sure a market, and it's an appeal to somebody out there, to lots of people out there. If you did audio commentaries and put them on Disney Plus, do new audio commentaries for Simpsons episodes and put them on Disney Plus as an option. There is no. You will get diehards. I mean, you you will for sure get people to invest. I, it's just a lost thing for shows that like so, were such a huge part of like in like creating my interest in these so thoroughly. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if you know, but well, obviously you know that like before the Simpsons was on Disney Plus, it was on the FX app. FX, like, yeah. The they had them thing. on there, didn't they? They had them on there, and they had like like 18 and 19 before those dvds came out like they had those with commentary on it Man. like i heard season like 18 19 commentaries before the the dvds Bums had me came out um, Bums me out yeah uh, it, that, so they were they were in the process of doing that and like just putting it on that on on that app but then like all this streaming shit happened and i don't i yeah like there is definitely a market for them to put that up there um, if you don't want to sell the DVDs no more, you don't got to sell the DVDs no more, I guess. But like, yeah, have them little, let them keep talking about it. But at the same I, time, though, right? Like when I listen to those later Simpson commentaries, like I didn't recognize any voices except Al Jean, right? And um, a lot of it was spent like. I ain't gonna lie, man. It was kind of weird to hear. A lot of it was spent with like the crew just talking about other cartoons that they liked. Right. Like they were just like, oh, Gravity Falls is pretty cool. Uh, Bojack. And I was like, what the fuck is going no, on? That's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a uh, there's a weird commentary track on I can't remember what season. I think it might be season one of Rick and Morty uh, that Al Jean is on. What? Uh, for some reason, he's just a fan. <laughs> they have him on, you, and on that what? commentary, I'll read that one. On that commentary is where where he like kind of extends the 
the offer is just being like, well, if you guys want to do a couch gag uh, to the Rick and Morty people. And like afterwards, they were like, was that a real offer? Do you guys really want us to do it? And that's where the Rick and Morty couch gag came from. That's sick. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's weird, though. Like, it's interesting to hear. And it's also just cool that like Rick and Morty is the hot new shit that's more popular than anything is like, well, of course, we're reverential to the Simpsons. Of course, we're going to let Al Jean sit here and talk about our fucking show with us. You know, <laughs> like that's it's that's cool. Good vibes, yeah. You know, it might also have been. Wait, was it? Wait, maybe it was. Hold on. I'm looking this up real quick. I'm looking this up real quick because it might. Uh, it might be. It might have also been just been Matt Groening. <laughs> was it Matt Groening or OG? Either one is kind of funny. It might be but both? Matt Groening, Matt Groening offering them a spot to do a couch gag is really. It, it sounds like an Al Jean thing to do. So it being Matt. Yeah, I know. Funny. That's that was my that's my gut. Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. uh, Blu-ray, commentary, Simpsons. Hold Definitely. your comments until Johnny finds the answer, guys. Don't yeah, yeah, tell yeah. us how wrong no, no. we are just yet. Tariq, tell me something else you like about this episode while I figure something this out. I like about this episode. Uh, oh, <laughs> my note says Bobby would knock out Hank's hero, huh? <laughs> he would do that, huh? <laughs> he knocks, he knocks, um, uh, he knocks Buddy out with the uh, with the with the club. Out. He he right. gets the whole full club. Um, Poor guy, man. Uh, I can't find this online anywhere. I should just go. I should just go get my Blu-ray that's back there and look at the special features on the back. Um, but I know that there is a Simpsons Simpsons. Simpsons people on a commentary on Rick and Morty for some reason. Uh, pretty funny. Pretty funny, interesting stuff. That but is pretty, is pretty funny. King of the Hill is one that um, I think there was only two or three like releases where that they put any real like any real money into. So I think there's commentaries yeah, for seasons one hard. and two. I have the DVDs for every King of the Hill season, but once they hit season three, it's like bare bones. And the later seasons are, the later seasons are a mess because they're mixed aspect ratios. And so like, it's like some, it's weird. I, some of them like are just like, some of them are like, framed like they're supposed to be full screen but they're widescreen within the full screen so like it's it's because yeah it's weird it's bizarre oh so it's just like a fucking rectangle a little square it's like a little square with a little rectangle in the middle if i watched it on this tv back here it. it would be like it. just in the middle the widescreen would be just in the middle of the thing yeah. uh they're, they're oh, they man, were lazily made dvds that's it could bad, be worse wow. my hey arnold dvds have shit quality for a bunch of the episodes Which actually hey my first the, my which, first set my I have two sets of Tarantino DVDs. You, I have okay, the so, second one. So your, does your your first set is the one with like the brick wall behind Arnold. Yes. That's the one I have. Okay, that's the have one. You I have you watched through it? There's so many bad yeah. quality rips on yeah. there. Yeah, it's uh, all it's all like sharpened and shit like that. And yeah. But like yeah, that you notice that, that that DVD has like the logo in the corners has like it says like DVD ROM. Like these are like, yeah. like the, the cheap yeah. <laughs> cheapest made DVDs I'm, possible. I'm curious because I, I bought the new set that has the movies in it and everything. Right. Um and I haven't opened it, but I'm curious. I kind of bought it with the hope and expectation that they fixed it for that one. So I don't know. I'm gonna watch it and see what happens. Maybe it's yeah, just I don't, the same I don't, shit. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. It felt more legit. Know. It yeah. felt like a more legit set. Yeah, I mean they got Craig Bar- Bartlett the uh, do 
uh, a new design for the cover right. and shit like that. That's how, that's what they did for the Rocco. I have the Rocco DVD too. In the Rocco DVD, they oh, had yeah. Joe Murray uh, do a nice little cover for it or whatever. Which kind of when they do stuff like that, that leads me to believe that they cared a little more for this release of it, um, right? Than previous, but like. <clears throat> Man, that's that's what kind of makes my feelings complicated about like Nickelodeon, right? Because like, whereas you could say like Cartoon Network, it's like they do shit like what they they release the first two seasons of Eddie and Eddie on DVD, and then the other ones just like you couldn't find anywhere for years, maybe iTunes until they decided to put them on HBO Max. Foster's right. Home, I think, is another thing, another show that they did the first two seasons on DVD, and then the rest again nothing. Uh, Powerpuff got a full season, full series DVD. Adventure Time, Steven Universe, and like Does regular show. Adventure has Time, DVDs, I think so they like, stopped. I think they stopped it, doing. No, I think there's a full set, right? Maybe is this there? Is oh, it's DVD, but not Blu-ray, right? Let's see. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah. No, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, there is a. Oh, that's not American. Is oh. There, there better be one in the U.S. if there's one somewhere else. That's that's like a slight <laughs> against my existence. If they put out a Blu-ray set in some other country and won't bring it, like fucking Steven Universe, they've only put out the complete series DVD, not Blu-ray, but you can get every season on Blu-ray in Australia. So <laughs> it makes me so mad. Uh, these look like different regions. This is interesting and annoying. I hate that. Very beautiful box art, though. Say, saying that the Sato is like in comparison to Nickelodeon, right? Nickelodeon, almost every Nickelodeon show has a DVD release. They're just shitty DVD They're releases. They're just shitty DVDs. Like you can find a fucking DVD for my brother and me. Like it's like nuts the the, the oh, type of shit. My brother and me, man. Do you remember the one yeah. where, he, where he, do you remember the one where he shaved all that shit into his hair? <laughs> <laughs> You don't know how happy I am to finally. I'll I, I, I bring up my brother and me in conversation at least three times a month, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. This is the first time somebody has actually repeated back an episode to me. I'm so happy. I remember. I, it's so weird. I remember. I think we talked about it at some point, but what, what it was weird to realize that there's only like what twelve episodes or something. Yeah, like, there's, there's like 12, barely 13 any. or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and I and because like I remember as a kid being like this is one of the nickelodeon shows like this is just one of the shows and like it's like there's got to be a bunch of these and uh nope there's i probably saw them all <laughs> probably saw yeah, everyone man. yeah man uh, they did it my crazy. brother and me quick well it's weird when there's so few episodes but they replay it all the time where it's just like where it's like mm-hmm. it, where it's part of the ongoing lineup and you're like wow they really syndicate this with just 13 of them that's wild right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think i read something about uh, some kind of differences or something like that, and that's why the show didn't yeah. go. I don't think it was because of popularity, as far right. as I remember. But it was. Good. I remember liking it. I remember liking that show. I like my brother and me. Yeah. Um. All right. We they do have that DVD. Deal. That DVD is on Amazon. Do you have it? I don't. I thought about it though. I thought about mm. it. The cover is shit. It's just like <laughs> it's, just, it's just the logo. The cover of it is just right, the my brother course. and me logo. Well, All right, let's I'll talk. Let's keep it. talking about Hank's got the willies. That was a good tangent. Yeah, yeah. That was a good DVD physical media commentary tangent. Right. Um, 
So how long is this episode going to be? Jeez. It's going to be so long, dude. But this is what this is. This is exactly what we're getting when we talk about these shows, because we both go on tangents and we also have so much to say about these shows. Mm-hmm. This is why our Simpsons episode is three and a half hours uh, and doing very well right now. We got so many yeah. views on YouTube. Thanks, Thanks guys. For watching, guys. Seriously, uh, especially after we were like gone for so long. And so mm-hmm. to, for that for that one to be doing so well. Uh, is very rewarding. It, it 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 makes it feel like oh, thank God we're, thank like thank God we're back at it. Like it's it's all worth it, you know. Um, yeah, so very excited. It looks like we got a bunch of new commentaries from one person, or a bunch of new comments from one person. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, so Hank the Willie. So at the beginning, he's mad mad at uh, mad at Bobby for playing his guitar with cheese. My favorite is that. He says he does it. Bobby says he does it because Celery Head plays guitars with cheese, <laughs> and who's clearly a Carrot Top parallel. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but it also made me question: Does Carrot Top ever play guitars with cheese? Is that like a thing Carrot Top does? I don't know, man. <laughs> don't know <laughs> you ever? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is this is a little tangential, but there's a um, there's a Family Guy bit that fucking kills me about Carrot Top. Uh, they um. Cause carrot, it's like a it's like a wild episode. Carrot Top steals something from the Griffins, and then they go to get it, and then uh, and then um, Peter hands him a saw with glasses on it, and he says, "Oh, I think you like I think you like drop this. Is this yours or some shit like that?" And Carrot Top says, "Oh, that's my seesaw, cause it has glasses and it's a saw." And then Peter cracks the fuck. He says, you are so fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's great. That's great. great. I like, I like that. I like that as a, uh, as a juxtaposition to Hank's reaction here. Right. In which he is just furious that this man exists. (laughs) And my favorite moment is, um, my favorite moment is when he, he brings it up to Peggy and Peggy's just like, oh, like Celery Head. I saw him on Letterman or something. He goes, you know, he makes $3 million a year. <laughs> and, Hank, <laughs> and Hank just sighs so heavily. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> it's so perfect. Such a perfect Hank moment. Um, there are some like aspects of this episode that are like, like Hank has a hard time conveying his emotions for sure. That's a through line in this show. For sure, uh, or at least emotions other than anger early on. Um, but the fact that you got that line in here where Peggy is like, "Well, I love my family," and and Hank goes, "Well, now you get it. That's the kind of love I have for Betsy." Talking about his guitar, mm-hmm. <laughs> that rough. is rough. Yeah, it's is rough. rough. Um, yeah. But it, weird, it, feel, like, it feels like like later they they swap the guitar for like his emotions for like ladybird ladybird um, his truck also but his, his truck, truck his truck also becomes a um it becomes a metaphor for some aspects of his childhood i think in that episode if mm. i'm not mistaken um but uh but back to your point about early the first episode like this is another one where bobby just like 
no respect for Hank in this one. Um, no, no. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. like he's playing his guitar with cheese. He's running his running his tractor into his truck. Like he's mm. just like like he's a menace. He's a he's menace just in this one. He's yeah. like hard headed and he does things without thinking. And I can understand the thought process of writing uh, a kid character and thing like that. Oh, that's just kids, just what kids do or whatever. But like, for sure, when you think about like the, just like how fucking like happy and lovable and respectful like Bobby is, like later down the line, yeah, and that's that's the character that we grew to love or whatever. Like this one is just, I like he's I was like why is he fucking doing that like I I so much, I'm like stop <laughs> and at least to their credit in this one Hank Hank doesn't get like angry angry in this episode does he he gets he gets upset and like annoyed he does, at yeah, Bobby, yeah 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 I don't think he like yeah I don't think he yeah like, he doesn't like blow a gasket out. or anything yeah um one of my favorite lines, one of my favorite jokes is one of my favorite jokes in the whole show is so like Bobby. So Hank basically is like, hey, Bobby, you need uh, a hero. You need someone to look up to. You need a role model. And then he says that his role model is Willie Nelson. He explains why he loves Willie Nelson so much. And then and then he's like, who's your role model, Bobby? And Bobby goes, uh, Willie Nelson. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he goes so like, well, now you're just saying that because I do. He's like, no, I like Willie Nelson. He has long hair. He's alternative. And then he goes, and then he goes, now you take that back. <laughs> so funny. He so detests the idea that Willie Nelson's alternative. <laughs> Such a good joke. Um, this one's also like, I like seeing how worked up Peggy gets about her. Like, right. Well, granted valid Hank is treating that guitar with more respect than he treats Peggy in this episode. But like, yeah, it's rough. It, but it is like a little bit of it is a little bit of a even though that's more valid here than elsewhere, it's very Peggy to get be, have a rivalry with something. Random. Oh, a- like absolutely. Just being like, yeah, yeah. But I think the joke with Peggy usually is like you step back and like and you're kind of laughing at her for how irrational she's being. But right. here is like you're laughing at Hank for how irrational he's being. Yeah. And Peggy's like, why the fuck am I competing with a guitar? Like, that's yes. kind of what Peggy's thing this time is. For sure. Where like, I feel like later she would just be like proud almost to compete with the guitar right. a little bit. Right. You know I mean? She would lean into it and she would, she would lean into the mm-hmm. competition where here she's like, why am I doing this? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Um. I really like how this all like pans out. Like, so Hank embarrasses himself mm-hmm. in front of Willie Nelson after Bobby knocks him out with the golf club on accident. Uh, and then Bobby steals Betsy, the guitar rides it over to Willie's house and, and just like convinces Willie to hang out with him and his dad. And it's, it's kind of sweet. He gets the guitar signed. Um, he gets, he, he facilitates Hank being able to come over and hang out with his hero and play music with his hero. Uh, and you get that nice little, you get that nice little moment where, where Willie, even though like, I don't necessarily agree with Willie because I think everything that Bobby did in this episode was a sign of disrespect for Hank's things. Um, the idea that he's like, oh, he's playing your guitar and he's riding your mower. I think that, I think that kid does have a hero <laughs> and his name is mm. Hank Hall. <laughs> his name is Hank Hall. Um, my other favorite joke in this is Bob Dylan talking to Boomhauer 
and them just being incomprehensible. In the episode, I think it's the one right before this, where Boomhauer, like, the cops ask, like, yo, what's going on here? And Boomhauer tries to snitch. Like, man, they don't kill this bird. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? He, tries he to, says like, it all. Yeah. And they just can't understand him. That's the funny thing is, is like, I... I get a lot of comments about this on my Boomhauer video too, because I do stupidly in that video. I like, I made a point to be like his unrealistic accent, even though I didn't realize that it was based on a real accent. I feel very dumb about that one. Um, Mm. But also because I make such a point in that video to talk about how like ridiculous and incomprehensible his accent is, people are just like, well, I can understand Boomhauer. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can understand Boomhauer too. Cause I watch this show so much. Like I understand Boomhauer. He's when you watch the show a bunch, you, you pick out what he, the meaning pretty easily. Um, mm-hmm. But that is like the joke so often, especially early on, is that other people don't understand him. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, right. I think, yeah, I, I think, I think that joke peaks. Uh, like, I, oh, well, actually, I think what I'm about to say is wrong. I think it peaks somewhere else. What I was going to say was that I think it peaks in the episode. Uh, where they burned out in the fire station uh, <laughs> because that, because when he tells the story, he's the only one talking in like normal English normal. and he makes everybody <laughs> else talk like that. Uh, but I think uh, it actually peaks in the, the one where like, he like falls asleep in a river and then oh, like, yeah. And then he gets sent he goes to a somewhere mental where asylum n- and nobody understands him. And then there's right. such a big understanding that they, he gets into like a right. uh, asylum. Yeah, it's like a whole Damn. thing, even though, like, allegedly a bunch of people have that accent and people, they, they clearly operate in society. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. I like a lot of those jokes there. There's one where where uh, where he's like he's talking to Hank on the phone about like l- about legal stuff. And he's just like, I couldn't understand a word. He said, dang, legal mumbo jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I don't remember what. The situation was, I just remember there was one point where like Boomhauer briefly tried to explain himself, and Hank said, "Boomhauer, you're not going to be able to talk your way out of this one." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good, so funny. They always just have the best little bits and jokes about that. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, okay, uh, I like the end too. I like Peggy's about to go like cause a whole stir about the guitar thing and he picks up the guitar and he sings the song that he wrote about peggy and that's nice that's mm-hmm. a nice that's a nice little ending you got any what I'll else do you think leg. about any of your thoughts about hank's got the willies uh nah you pretty much summed it up we went through all we went through all my notes uh it was sorry. fun to see them sorry, play I went golf through all your notes no it's okay um, yeah. i think that isn't that what we're supposed to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're but supposed yeah, to I, I, your I think notes. i think i think it's funny seeing them play golf uh, beforehand, before our little Willie Nelson stuff happens, yeah. and then afterwards, I think all that stuff is cool too. Uh, this is kind of the, the first. The first few were like Hank and Bobby, and then like literally from this point onward, the rest of the season is uh, Hank and Peggy. And yeah. this is kind of the first step into That's that. True. Uh, cause I, I, I kind of noticed it around the end. I was like, they are focusing on this way more than they usually would. Like, right. and that's not to say that like their marriage doesn't get focused because it 1 million percent does, but like it is the focal point for the majority of these episodes. That's true. That's you would almost point. think that that's what the show is supposed to be about. 
uh, if you just watch these. Right. Yeah, you're not wrong, especially in it. I feel like it ends up becoming so much more Hank and Bobby. Peggy's so important to the show, right. obviously. There's plenty yeah. of plots that are like very focused on her, but I feel like the core of the show is Hank and Bobby. I've mm-hmm. always felt that way. And that's where we're going to end part one of our King of the Hill season one conversation. Uh, if you want to hear the rest of it right now, uh, you can sign up for the Patreon. We always put it all out at once on the Patreon, including right. the video version. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait till next week for part two. And with that, I want to say thank you to Jake Neutron for our theme song. Thank you to Carrie Feek for our artwork. Thank you to Michael Yunez for producing and editing the podcast. Thank you to Toonrific3 for being my co-host. Yeah, man. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for listening. Yeah. Love you guys so much. Uh, but also, f*** you. <laughs> <laughs>